0: we're going to jump right in on this episode. We have the one and only Angela Moore back on the show. If you remember her or if you don't remember her, you might want to go back and listen to our We Need to Talk episode, the We Need to Talk episode two, where Angela shares some of her experiences along with other Black female advisors in the industry talking about things that they're going through. Excellent episode. I'm not just saying that because I'm on it. I'm saying that because Angela was on it. So along with Chloe Moore and Lauren Williams. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that one, go back and listen to it. But today, Angela and I are going to talk about entrepreneurship. She is an incredible entrepreneur. This woman is doing so many good things in the industry, in her community. She's very active. Oh, yeah. And she's a mom. She does it all. So she's like super woman. And I'm glad that we could have her on the show again to talk about entrepreneurship and give the listeners a little insight on what it means to be an entrepreneur and a few other things. So, Angela, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Emlyn, you are so kind. Thank you for that amazing introduction.
0: I'm just telling the truth. That's it. I'm just telling the truth. So, yeah, I'm glad to have you on. Angela and I have been great friends. We met back in 2018 at the XYPN live conference, chopped it up there and just hit it right off. And then I met Arielle with you. You introduced me to her, and that's your business partner now. And they're doing some great things. Just talk to us a little bit, Angela. Tell us what's going on. We're gonna get to some of the stuff later. Just give us a little preview of some of the things you're working on.
1: Yeah, well, I launched Modern Money Advisor in 2018, and it was for young professionals who are in the wealth accumulation stage. And the reason why I launched it is because I felt like in the traditional brokerage world and financial planning world, that there just wasn't any focus on that group. And I just had so many people coming to me when I was working for the big firm, asking me to help them, but they didn't have the minimum assets needed to work with that firm. But still, the needs of young people is so complex. So I started Modern Money Advisor. A year into it, I brought Ariel on as a partner. We merged our firms she had her own firm as well and we have very opposite skill sets so we work great as a team and we work great for our clients and then about a year ago we launched modern money education which is our second company which is a financial literacy platform we do live courses live virtual courses we do workshops we do speaking engagements we have two courses we have the money mastermind which is very focused on money mindset and Behavioral finance. And then we just launched the student loan mastermind, which is for people that have massive student loan debt. And then now I am launching a new course on how to start a business. I've just found that during this COVID 19 situation, so many clients have been trying to start side hustles or trying to change careers altogether. Mm-hmm. And it's been like one of those things where I've been wanting to start a business for so long and I just haven't. How do I do it? And so I've been helping people and I just came to the realization, I need to make this into a course because this stuff is good. And this is stuff that I have figured out on my own Mm -hmm. over the last two or three years that now I can teach someone in 15 minutes. Like something that took me eight hours to figure out. I could turn around and show someone how to avoid going down all the difficult paths I've been down. So that's what I'm doing now. And I'm really, really excited about that.
0: And that's awesome. I was talking to one of my friends yesterday, we were out and we were talking about a few things, but one of the things we talked about, I said, life, the longer you live, the better you get at it, right? You can take that and apply it to business too. The longer you're in business, the better you get at it. So you said that typically something that took you eight hours, you could turn around and teach it in 15 minutes. And so that's learning from some of the failures that you've had, right? Absolutely. What are some of the past money failures that you've had that prompted you to start thinking about this?
1: Yeah. You know, it's a combination of my own failures as well as seeing other people's failures. A lot of people don't know this, but before I became a financial advisor, I was in the car business and I was a finance director. So I was the person you come to when you're buying the car and they do your financing and pull your credit and get your loan approved and all that stuff. So back in the day when I was doing that, I used to see so many people in their, even in their fifties and sixties of all income levels coming to buy a car and their credit would be tainted. (laughs) Now I'd be like, hey, good news. I got you approved, but you're going to need $1,000 down. And you wouldn't believe how many people didn't have $500 or didn't have $1,000. These are people in their 50s and 60s who've been working their whole life and you don't have $1,000 and you're in here buying a brand new car too. I was seeing it from others and then I was making my own mistakes too. In that job, I was making a cool $180,000. I was 25 years old. I thought I was doing it big, but had a lot of bad financial. I'm talking about horrible, which is why when people come to me and they're scared that I'm going to judge them, I'm like, no, nothing you've done is worse than what I've done. (laughs) I've done it all. Okay. Listen, I just had the worst shopping habits. I remember one time I went into the Gucci store with my mom and the salesperson in there was like, hey, Angela. And I was like, no, you don't know me. Yeah. You don't know me. <laughs>
0: right. Not in front of my mom, not now.
1: <laughs> they know me by first name in the Gucci store. Like, it was just horrible. I went and bought a nice car, had an $890 car note, had a condo that was twice the amount that I had budgeted for, had $18,000 of credit card debt, all of that when I was 27 years old just doing dumb stuff. And I ended up having a bad month one month and didn't even make enough to pay my mortgage. And I thought to myself, wait, if this continues, what am I going to do? Like that panic mode, the same type of panic mode that I'm sure a lot of people have experienced recently because of COVID-19. But like I had that back then and I started trying to find a financial advisor and nobody wanted to work with me because I didn't have assets. (laughs) And that's what started me on this journey is that I finally found this guy and he was like, I feel like it's my public duty to help you, but it's going to be $1,700 or 16 I forget, $1,600. And I remember thinking, you're out of your mind. I'm not paying you $1,600. And I remember going home and I was doing something in my closet and I saw a pair of $700 shoes. And I was like, you are so dumb, Angela. You are wasting all your money on all this stuff. And you have nothing to show for it. And you're not even willing to invest in yourself. So I went back to him. I swiped my credit card to work with him. And he was like, bring all your stuff in. No more eating out. Learn how to cook. No more shopping. You have enough crap in your closet. That kind of thing. And in that one meeting, he cut $800 from my budget. We started putting that towards credit card debt. I was credit card debt free in a few months, honestly. And then we started going towards other stuff like savings. And he was like, you need to get rid of this car. I was like, no, I can't. I love my car. And I didn't realize it till later, but I was very emotionally tied to things, to material things, to money. I don't think I realized why I had these horrible spending habits. I had an accounting degree. I had a perfect budget. I knew what I was supposed to be doing. I just was not doing it. That's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about money mindset, because A lot of people make a budget, but they don't stick to it, right? And why is that? That's because there's a lot of different reasons. One of the big reasons is our money mindset, the behavioral finance aspect of it all.
0: been hearing a lot about that as it pertains to mindset, money, behavioral finance. So as you begin to look back and say, why did I have such an attachment to these things? You've heard it before, and I think all of us may struggle with it do you own your things or do your things own you? And I think that's when we start going back and when you're talking about, well, I can't let go of my car. And you're like, this thing has me. And so shifting that mindset, how did you have that money mindset shift? I mean, you said, I think this is a classic example and it happens to all of us. I have very, very similar stories, but when common sense is in common practice, especially I have my accounting degree as well. That's where mine was at. And so we got that. And now I'm sitting here looking at my own, but like we've had budget strides that we've made even as a financial advisor. This last six months have been really, really good because we had to kind of button down the budget. We were able to pay off way more debt than I thought we were going to be able to during COVID. But when do you think that mindset change really, really started to set in and became a way of life?
1: It was gradual. And I oftentimes... Not haphazardly, but seriously, I compare myself to an addict because like getting clean early on from shopping and from all the dumb stuff I was doing, it was hard and I backslid a lot. I would make progress and then I would take 10 steps backwards. And I tell my clients all the time, listen, you might backslide and that's okay. Don't ever feel ashamed to talk to me and tell me what's going on. Let's talk about it. That's what I love about this podcast too. It's so important to talk about these things with someone. But anyways, I made small changes over time. And one day I woke up and was amazed at the progress I had made. It wasn't an overnight thing. It took me a whole year, year and a half before I was willing to give up the car. And then later I gave up the condo that I had. I had a condo on the water in Tampa, ended up selling that. It took me baby steps and Honestly, it took me about five years till I felt like, okay, you know what? I am winning at this right now. I mean, I went from failure to, okay, now I need to pour into others. I need to teach others how I got clean. It's like an AA, like when someone who is a past addict and they're trying to help other people recover, right? That's how I view myself. Like, Because I know what it's like to have those emotional triggers and want to go spend or want to whatever. Everyone's different. Everyone has their thing. But I know what I've done to overcome it. And I think someone who hasn't struggled with that, it's hard for them to teach. Like someone who's always been responsible with their money is gonna have a hard time helping someone who's irresponsible with their money. Whereas me, I know tips and tricks and hacks and methods and brain tricks and all of that stuff. It was over time. And even now I do not go just walk around the mall. I have systems in place (laughs) to prevent me from doing dumb stuff with my money.
0: It sounds funny, but you think about it. If you're going to try to do something like the other day, my wife said, let's start keto again. I said, all right. When do you want to start? She was like today. And I was like, okay, but we got chips. We got ice cream. We got all these little snaps. and it's not a good look. I said, this ain't going to happen. I said, we're going to be midway through this keto day one and it's going to fall apart. I said, because I have access to all these stuff. So I didn't have those systems in place at the time to make sure that I could protect myself from myself. Right. I like how you parallel this to being an addict because I don't think people really see it like that. But shopping can become an addiction. It could be shoes. It could be purses. It could be hats. It could be traveling. whatever it is, traveling, whatever it is. And I think people like what you're saying, You said every day I was doing something. People overestimate what they can do in a day and underestimate what they can do in a year, right? So it was the daily stuff that you did. Look back and say, man, I did this for a year and I stopped going to the mall because that was a trigger. And I stopped going to this store because that was a trigger. And I stopped driving by this place because that triggered me to do this. And then I stopped looking. Like there's some people that I unfollowed, celebrities that I unfollowed on social media because they were having pictures of stuff that I was like, you know what? That's not something that I need to see. And it's not something that I need. Like, that's their truth. That's what they want to do. That's how they want to spend their money. That's not necessarily what I want to do. So I don't need to be looking at that. Doing those kind of things.
1: You make a good point. That's something that's not talked about a lot is what are you surrounding yourself with? And who also?
0: I mean, what's going into your eyes, it's feeding you something. So I think the same thing. You've all been sitting there on the couch going strong in your diet. And then that pizza commercial comes up and it's like, man, that pizza <laughs> This might be the day right here. This, it might be over today, but being very, very conscious of what you are looking at. So, if someone was looking to take steps to start a business, what are some of the steps that you would recommend for someone that's thinking about starting a business?
1: I think writing things down is so important. Like I said, I've talked to a few people about this recently, and every single time they have these ideas in their head, right? I want to do this, I want to do that, but they haven't written down, okay, what is the end goal? What kind of business do I want to start? What's the name of my business going to be? What is my process going to be? They haven't written anything down. And so me as a business owner, knowing all the different steps you have to go through to bring this thing to life, just asking the questions, Hey, have you thought about what your process is going to be when someone wants to work with you? What's that going to look like? What's the name of your business going to look like? How are you going to get a website? Are you going to pay someone? Or are you going to build it? Your, like they have not thought through all the little steps. And so I think the first step with anything, and we do this in financial planning too, right? First thing we do, what are your goals? Right. And we write them down and then we assign, okay, when are you trying to achieve that? How much is it going to? It's the same with a business. When you're planning to start a business, it's important to start organizing your thoughts on paper, open a Google doc or open a word doc, start filing them all on your computer where you can easily find everything, where it's organized. And so I think that's the first step is starting to write it down. For me, starting this course, I have a whole process in place for the course and I have worksheets for people that are taking the course. Okay, these are the steps you need to go through, fill out these workbooks. This will guide you through the process instead of them having to figure all this out on their own because that's something I had to do. I had to figure out, okay, where do I start?
0: And I think that's so important, being able to write down stuff. I look back and I got some notebooks that I wrote down stuff and ideas about the podcast and you know, and looking back at it I'm like, man, how this happen? once again I overestimated what I could do in a day and underestimated what would happen in a year. And when I was looking through what we were supposed to do to start this thing, and then just my business, the same thing. And I think it's so important for entrepreneurs to get this right. Like I think about business formation and I think about all the stuff that was going on with the PPP loans and the EIDL loans. And I've seen several grants. PayPal had a grant that they just put out. Hennessy had a grant that they were doing for Black people. And if your business isn't positioned in the right place from the outset, you're not going to be able to get any of those funds. So I always talk about that, you know, figure out the outline of what you want your business, what your goals are. But then figure out if you need to be incorporated, if you need to be an LLC, what's the business formation going to be? How does this work. Yeah. Having a team of professionals to talk to,
1: having that strong foundation. Cause you've probably seen this too, but I've seen where people have a business, but they don't have a business account. They're operating financially from their personal account in the business or things like that. You're absolutely right. There's so many things to think about. It's not hard. It's just like anything else. Like a lot of people have never learned about personal finance, they've never learned about investing. A lot of my girlfriends don't even know how to cook. We've never learned how to be in a relationship, right? We've never learned how to start a business. So it's just these really important, in my opinion, life skills that we never learn in school for whatever reasons. I think I have a special gift that I'm able to sometimes break down complicated concepts into real simple terms for people. I think that's what I've been blessed with. And that's what I'm really, really good at. People learning how to start a business is super empowering, especially since I'm always preaching the whole have multiple streams of income thing, because then the next question naturally is, well, how do I do that?
0: Yeah, right. And I think that's, like you said, starting with your good foundation first. And then I think I heard you say this. You can have multiple streams of income from what you do as a primary. Like I'm a financial advisor. Doesn't mean that I need to go start a tire shop to get a multiple streams of business. We have this, we have the podcast, we're going to do merchandise. We're going to do some classes that we have, like what you're doing with the money mastermind, the student loan thing. And it's all different things that I'm doing under the same umbrella of all things that are, I say in my tool bag or in my workshop or whatever stuff that I can do. So talk to us about that, how building multiple streams of income can help the business.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you make a great point. Why reinvent the wheel? You're doing stuff already. You can just pivot that same content. A lot of the stuff that I teach in my courses is stuff that I teach to my clients, anyways. And when we were building out our financial planning platform and our financial planning process, we started to think, let's do a video on estate planning. Let's do a video on this. And we started building out content for our financial planning clients. And then we thought, you know what? this would be great as a course for people who aren't doing financial planning or can't do financial planning, right? So then we flipped that and turned it into a course. And then we went from the online course to, hey, we should do this live course. It really all is related. We're not reinventing the wheel. We're just offering it up in different packages, I should say, in different formats. Add a few
0: more spokes to the tire. Add a few more spokes to the wheel. Like I told
1: you, the business idea came because lately I've been talking to a ton of people about starting a business. And then the idea came to my mind, instead of me having these individual meetings with everyone, I could create a mastermind group to teach all of them at the same time, this is how you start a business. And then it would be more thorough too. Let's say I'm talking to 10 different people about the same thing it's probably going to be a different message every time because I'm going to forget bits and pieces. But if I can sit here and write down all my thoughts and have more structure around it and create a course, then there's going to be consistency. Every person who wants to learn about starting a business is going to get all of these thoughts and it's going to be summarized and it's going to be More powerful, I think. And then there's discussions. So it really is me taking stuff I'm already doing and flipping it into, hey, this could be another service or another product that we offer. And just building off of that and just branching out. And then it all does work together because we have people come to us and they may not want to work one on one. Maybe they would prefer to do a group course or maybe they prefer to do a self paced course, right? That's another thing we're going to offer. For the people that don't want to do it as a group, they can do it self-paced. So you're absolutely right. And I always tell that to clients, what is it that you love to do already? What is it you're already doing? What is it that you're good at? If someone's a florist, right? And right now there's a pandemic, so they can't sell as much as they would normally. Why don't you do an online florist workshop? how to create your own flower arrangements and sell that workshop to people. Lots of people want to learn that stuff. Why don't you write a book? Why don't you create a course? Why don't you sell these things that you're making all the time for fun? Or whatever it is. There's so many different skills people have. I've talked to a lot of teachers who have the summer off and stuff. And it's like, you love teaching. There's a ton of parents at home right now with kids running around and they need help. What about doing some online teaching or tutoring or whatever. Let me tell you something. There's a million ways to make money. And in a lot of ways, you can make money doing stuff you're already doing or stuff that you know. That's one thing I learned about myself too. I've been doing a budget since I was 18. I can do a budget in five minutes. Something that maybe would take someone else hours and hours to wrap their head around and to get started on. They sit down with me in 20 minutes, we have a full-blown budget put together. I've had people tell me, after the very first meeting after doing a budget oh my god this is life changing that's what i'm talking about when you have a skill and you know how to do something you could really be empowering others you could really be helping people and you could also be helping yourself because there's great joy that comes from pouring into other people and there's income to be made as well so it's like yes not only are you helping yourself but now you're helping your community and you're able to help more the more that you do and it makes sense to tap into what are you passionate about? What are you good at? What do you love to do? Why are you doing it, right? I talked to someone, a young new grad the other day and I asked him, what are your goals? And he said, I wanna buy a car and maybe buy a house. And I was like, that's not your goal. We dug deeper and come to find out his goal is that he's very passionate about God and he wants to pour into people and wants to serve and all these other things. So I started saying, whatever you do in life, is it in line with that goal? Is it in line with your goal of contributing to your community and serving God and all? Everyone has different goals. My goals, when I thought about it, is I want to be able to be home with my daughter. When I was working, I used to think, what would it be like if I had a child and I had to drop her off at daycare at 6.30 in the morning and then come at 6.30 at night and I pick her up? And that used to stress me out. And I started thinking, how can I create something so I could be home and I can make my own schedule? So that if she has ballet, I can go to her ballet class with her. I can stay home and breastfeed. I can do what I want to do, whatever that is. I can bake a cake when I want to. So that's part of how my business came about. Just all the people coming to me for help. And then also me looking at what kind of life do I want to live?
0: What would you say to, you know, the person out there that is like, has an idea, has that great idea, maybe has written it down, but has been procrastinating and hasn't put that idea into motion yet. maybe they haven't written it down. Maybe it's just still an idea. It hasn't been formulated into a plan yet. But I think what I find a lot is people have a lot of ideas and don't ever follow through on them. So it's, you know, it's kind of like one of those things with procrastination. You'll have a great idea and then you get overwhelmed with the idea of trying to make this thing come to life. And then you just get paralyzed and you don't make that move forward. So for that person, people, you know, they've been seriously considering this, especially during COVID, right? They're having those conversations with themselves like you were having, you know, they've been at home with the family, then some people aren't going to want to go back to work like that, like the regular thing. They want to be able to spend time with their children and be at home. What is your advice for them?
1: Well, you know, Les Brown always says the graveyard is the richest place on earth. And it's because the graveyard is where you'll find people that have books that were never written and businesses that were never started and ideas that they never brought to life. And it's so true. What is it that you're holding? What is it that you have inside of you that you are passionate about that you have not made it happen yet? And there's, like you said, there's a lot of people with ideas. I think the key is to write it down and create a plan of action, like I always talk about when you get into a taxi cab, right? The first thing the driver's going to ask you is where are you trying to go? We all need to know where am I trying to go? What kind of life am I trying to live, right? Write that down and then write down the steps to get there. And then you take those steps and you put it on your calendar. You schedule it and you think about all the stupid stuff that you do to waste time, all the Netflix, all the scrolling on Instagram and Facebook. All of the pointless conversations you have arguing with people. Stop that, Angela.
0: Stop telling the truth. Stop that. Don't (laughs) be telling the truth. Stuff that
1: we do, that we just waste a ton of time every day and take some of that time and allocate it to yourself, to your idea, and make it happen. Because one of the things I've realized, and people ask me all the time, how do you do all this? You know, blah, blah, blah. That's a great question. But what I find is that when I had to make it happen. I had to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, like I just did it when I was studying for the CFP. I would come home from work and then I would eat and I would sit there from 7 p.m. to 1130 p.m. at night every single day. Mm -hmm. I didn't go out with my friends. I didn't make a big meal. I didn't watch TV. And then I was doing that Saturday and Sunday too. I think we just have to commit to things and do it. And there's no secret to that. It's do or die. Like if you don't do it, you'll wake up and a year's gone by and you still haven't done it, right? And if now's not the time to push you, I don't know what is. Because to me, this pandemic is a blessing in disguise because a lot of people were going with their daily routine, going about the same habits, and now this thing, if it didn't like somehow interrupt your life, it definitely scared you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whether you're finding yourself now worried about whether you have a job or not, or if you at least were scared about losing your job, now's the time to realize you're absolutely right. Cause one of the things, and this, I learned this back when I was in the car business, cause working in the car business is 100% commission. Uh-huh. And I used to try to hire people and they were, oh I don't want to work commission based. I want to have a salary. Uh-huh. And I used to be like, but when you work commission based, you get paid off of your efforts. Whereas when you're on salary, you're maxed at whatever they want to pay you, right? And that's how like self-employment is, is that people are kind of scared, but and they feel a false sense of stability with a job. They feel like this is stable and that's not. But I feel the opposite. I feel like having my own business is very stable because nobody's about to fire me. Like I'm here. When this pandemic happened, I was still here working.
0: I think entrepreneurship is the new job security. No one's going to take that from you. I could say this and I'll bring this up. My wife worked at a large bank. I won't say the name, but works at a large bank. And then they shut down her office. They let her go, gave her a severance package and shut down the branch. Now they hired her back to work at another branch. But just like that, it was over.
1: Right. And you feel like you have this security there and, you know, there's no such thing. That's what we all need to realize. And that's another reason why the multiple streams of income is important. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just like when we talk about investing, when we talk about diversification, if one piece of your portfolio is not doing well, hopefully you have these other pieces that are still there. And it's the same with income. If one source of income ends abruptly, if your job stops, Hopefully you have these other streams of income still coming in. And I think that's why the multiple streams of income thing is important. And there is a analogy I heard recently that building wealth is kind of like having a bathtub and trying to fill up a bathtub. And if you only have one faucet Mm -hmm. pouring into the bathtub, especially if it's dripping into the bathtub, it'll Mm -hmm. take forever to fill that bathtub. But if you have multiple streams, multiple faucets pouring into that bathtub, that bathtub will begin to fill very quickly and begin to overflow. And that's what you want. So it's like, how many streams of income can you put in place? And more importantly, how many passive income streams can you put in place? Because that's the ultimate win right there.
0: Mailbox money. Shout out to Nipsey. Uh, Rest (laughs) in peace, Nipsey. But. I was thinking about this. I was like, you know, as you're talking, I was like, entrepreneurship is a contact sport. <laughs> people are like, well, what do you mean? I was just full contact. You're gonna be doing everything from email marketing, from running the meetings, from scheduling appointments. You're gonna do everything. And I think that what I hear a lot of people, like, you know, we're, like I told you, we're planning this trip to uh, ride our motorcycles across the country. And I hear a lot of guys that'll be like, yeah, you know, I gotta get the time off work. Well, you work for yourself, so it doesn't matter. I said, oh, no 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. This does matter. And I had to build this. I said, you know, they're talking about getting raises. Some of my friends are like, yeah, man, they just gave me a raise, this and that. And I was like, I, 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 don't, I can't relate. You know, we're trying to increase revenues, but I'm not looking at like a dollar amount raise. And I think like it's such a different conversation, uh, such a different understanding when you know that your efforts are going to directly impact your income or the lack thereof. Like, and so Mm -hmm. I think the false sense of security comes from people that maybe think that, oh, well, I can work my own business so I can make my own hours. I said, yeah, I'm working on some Saturdays. Yeah, I was at someone's client's house till nine o'clock at night. Yeah, you don't see that. You see this now.
1: Absolutely.
0: But they don't get to see the other part, so.
1: But it's cool though, too, because you could work at night. Mm -hmm. You know, there's some days where I did something I wanted to do during the day, but then I stayed up at night working. Exactly. I don't have to work by someone else's schedule. And I think the other thing that's important about entrepreneurship is that you hear the term serial entrepreneur all Mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. And I feel like once you go through the process of starting a business, you have now learned the process of starting a business. And that process is repeatable over and over again. So once you do it, you can do it again. And to me, There's no more fear. Like before I started my business, I was scared to start it. In fact, it took me two years before I had the guts to do it. Mm -hmm. But now that I've done it, I'm like, I will never work for anyone ever again because I can literally start a business tomorrow, another business and another business and another business. Like I'll never run out of businesses to start.
0: At the end of the day, you're not going to ever stop betting on yourself.
1: Absolutely. Right.
0: That's what it is. And I think, you know, that entrepreneur that's out there and been worried about this. Trust me, the investment you make in yourself will pay the largest interest. And I'll say it again, the investment that the entrepreneur makes in itself is going to make the largest amount of interest. So people are always asking, how do I make interest on this? Invest in yourself. As you know, this is the Minority Money Podcast where we are changing the complexion of wealth. So Angela, I don't know if I asked you this question on the last show, but if you did, then you can't give the same answer. This has to be a new one. But what motivates and and inspires you to continue to learn and grow?
1: The number one motivator for me is that feeling that I get when I've helped someone like when they say, oh, my God, this has changed my life or oh, my God, thank you so much. This is amazing. That right there is my ultimate motivator.
0: I love it because there's nothing like that. Right. Like you can have a bad day. It could be all, you know, and then someone says, man, you know, you spend that 20 minutes on the budget and they're like, this changed my life. You're like, that's why I do it. Okay, (laughs) Right. Right. Do you think that, well, I know the answer to this, but do you think education plays a big part in wealth building?
1: Yes and no. Okay. So I think educating yourself does, mm-hmm. but like traditional education, you know, it can, mm-hmm. but it's not a guarantee because mm-hmm. there's also a ton of people that don't have a traditional education that create extreme wealth for themselves. So, I don't think, you know, if someone out there doesn't have college education or grad school or whatever, that doesn't mean anything to me. You can still build massive wealth. But I think that for the people that read books and listen to podcasts and watch YouTube videos and that are constantly bettering themselves and learning new skills, I think that's the education specifically that plays a huge part in building wealth. Cause someone could have, you know, a PhD. And, you know, it plays no role whatsoever. In in fact, it could be to your detriment if Mm. there's massive student loans with that. Right. But the person who is hungry for knowledge in terms of building themselves up, I think that's the part that plays a huge role.
0: Definitely. So how has your family supported you on this journey? Like you've been, you know, trying to build these multiple streams of income, being an entrepreneur, stepping out, merging with. Your business partner now. How has your family been there and supporting you and all this stuff that you're going through?
1: I think, you know, I think about this a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I would have been able to do it like if I didn't have my husband. Mm -hmm. Because there's just been so much. You know, there was doing the CFP, you know, education. And during that time, he stepped up and started cooking dinner and like (laughs) doing stuff Mm -hmm. that we needed, but I just didn't have time to do. There's also been times where I've been scared. Like, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if I'm going to make enough money. Right. Especially in the beginning. And he would be like, don't worry about it. I got this Mm -hmm. type of thing. And that was very hard for me because I've always been a very independent woman. And it's been hard for me to be like, oh, I can rely on this other person. But just knowing that he would be willing to was all I needed. Just that reassurance, like, hey, keep going. We're going to be straight. Because it was hard to leave, you know, a six figure job and with benefits and everything Mm -hmm. and and then go out and be like, oh, you know, I'm not even going to pay myself a salary for the first year or whatever. Like that was super hard. And it also sometimes affected me emotionally where I felt like a failure, Mm -hmm. to be honest. So just having that support and him being like, you are a boss woman, you are not a failure. Mm -hmm. Like just that reassurance and that support. And then like for my mom, not in a negative way or whatever, but my mom is German and she's hardcore. Mm -hmm. So like even in high school, like I was on the varsity basketball team, varsity track. She never paid attention. Mm -hmm. She didn't come to the track meets, (laughs) basketball games, none of that. And even that, like when I started my business, she was kind of like, hmm, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like deep inside of me, there's also that aspect of like, I want to show how successful I am. Mm-hmm. to my mom. It's kind of like to the point where she starts paying attention, you know? So yeah. every parent supports in different ways and that's just how my mom is. But when she starts acknowledging, which she has, like the other day I was talking to her and she had on a modern money advisor t-shirt and Uh-oh. I was like, Oh, I see you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I it's, see you." I know what you mean on the family thing so much because you know, I think about like my family, like, you know, I'm doing all this stuff and I've got a couple of awards and whatever. It's just, you know, business is growing. You know, I think it's going well. So we're talking about some business that one of my family members are trying to start a show. Hadn't asked me anything. You know, I mean? hadn't asked me. I was like, <laughs> OK, well, you know, go ahead. Do you, man? I mean, I'm not saying that I'm like the guru or anything, but I tried it <laughs> and I always think about that. I think I don't know if Big Sean said it or not, but he says, I'm finally famous the family. Like, I don't care. You'd be speaking on the <laughs> stage. You'd be, you know, all this stuff, huge brand, mega success. And your family's still like, ah, eh, that's Angela. Oh, that's Angela. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm somebody, you know what I mean? I'm so- Everybody right. else loves me. <laughs> Treat me like someone, you know. If you could offer one piece of advice to our listeners, what would that be?
1: I think it would be to pay attention to what you want. To really stop and think, what is the life that I want to be living, what would make me feel fulfilled and happy? And that then you should model everything around you to be in line with that.
0: I love it. I think that's great. Yeah, you always have gems, Angela. So I appreciate you. And Thanks for coming on again. I know we had you back on pretty quick, but people was asking about you. So I had to make sure I got you back on. Yes, this is coming from a recommendation to have you back on the show. So you're back on the show. So I'm glad to have you on. Thank you for all the work you're doing in our industry. How do people, if they want to get more of Angela and Modern Money Advisor, how can they get a hold of you?
1: We're super active on Instagram and Facebook at Modern Money Advisor and also at Modern Money Education. And then our website is modernmoneyadvisor.com and our educational platform is modernmoney.education.
0: And we'll have links to all of that in the show notes and also in the newsletter that we send out. So if you don't get it on this, you will be on the newsletter after that. And if you're not on the newsletter, you need to get yourself on the newsletter. So you can do that on the minoritymoneypodcast.com and get on the newsletter. So you can get the links to get directly to Angela. So you can see some of the good stuff she's doing. And like I said, once again, thank you, sis. I appreciate having you on. And we'll, you know, if if people are asking to have you on again, we will bring you back. We can have you as many times as we need to have you on. Thank you again.
1: Thank you for having
0: me. This is the Minority Money Podcast. I am your host, Emlyn Miles Mattingly, where we are changing the complexion of wealth. Another great showdown, but it doesn't have to stop there. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and whatever podcast app you're listening on now. And give it a good rating, would you? If you feel really connected to the podcast, which I hope you do, find our Facebook community, Minority Money VIP, to support and be supported by others just like you. And again, we're glad to have you. While this podcast is meant to inspire and motivate you to live your best life, it can't be your complete one-stop shop. I know, I know, that really sucks. But I don't know anything about your specific situation. So please, reach out to an attorney or a CPA CPA. Or you can reach out to me, a financial planner, to help you with your specific situation. To get a hold of us, please reach us at FAN at Minority Money Podcast. That's F-A-N at Minority Money Podcast so we can get to know you there. Thanks for being here. And until next time.